Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, Tidbitters. If this is your first time tidbitting, I'm really happy you chose to join us. And if you're a regular listener, thanks for hanging in. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for keeping audio tidbits on your listening agenda. I'm still in the process of thinking about how to produce this podcast. I talked about past episodes being primarily written material read by my magic synthetic voices. What I'm trying to do is to convert over to a more live, more real, more just you and me approach to producing episodes of Audio Tidbits podcast and perhaps talking about some things that might not otherwise come on our podcasting agenda. I am still kind of resisting sitting down, turning on the mic, and beginning to talk. And I was wondering earlier today what that might all be about. I think it might have something to do with caution. That may seem like a kind of an odd idea, but I've spent a lot of years interacting with the public in very public situations, situations where whatever I had to say was going to be scrutinized, reassessed by other people, perhaps repeated, and generally, most anything that I would say had the potential for becoming very public. At the same time, I was also representing organizations and individuals who had a stake in what I said, had a stake in what my opinion was, had a stake in how I verbalized various situations. And there was always the added element that if I slipped, if I didn't get it quite right, if what I said was open to possible misinterpretation, there were always newspaper reporters, media people, television people, others who would very quickly and very happily broadcast what I had to say, what their interpretation was of what I had to say, what the problem was with what I had to say. Anyway, over a long period of time, I had to become extra cautious. I had to be sure that my mouth didn't get ahead of my brain, that I thought about what I said before I said it, and that anything that I verbalized, anything that I actually said, was something that I would be comfortable having published on the front page of the paper. And I think more to the point that the people with whom I was associated, the organizations with whom I was associated, would also be comfortable with what I had said. Now, that brings us back to podcasting. At this point, I'm only representing me. I'm not representing someone else. They don't sink or swim based on what I have to say. And I think that the barrier that I set up, the filter that I had set up, needs to be a little more permeable, needs to be something that is a little more open. So, What I'm going to do is to try to be a little more spontaneous, a little more open, a little less conservative about 
expressing my thoughts and ideas, my opinions and perspectives. And an example of that is the border wall between the United States and Mexico. Is having a wall a good idea, a bad idea, an appropriate idea, an inappropriate idea? I ask myself, what do you really think about the wall? And what got me to thinking about this was I was having lunch with a friend who said he thought that a wall was a really good idea. It became less of a good idea in his mind when I mentioned that the wall between the United States and Mexico would be the equivalent of building a wall from Chicago to Los Angeles or from Cleveland to Las Vegas. But nonetheless, he still thought that having a wall was a very good idea. His idea was that the wall should be made of steel. And I heard the president mention that in his news conference. I forget whether it was earlier today or yesterday. But he thought that building it out of steel might be really good for the local United States steel industry. At any rate, my friend thought that the wall should be about 8 or 10 inches thick, solid steel, and he assumed that it would be tall, 20 or 30 feet tall. But his twist on it was that it should also be deep. He thought that the wall should be 30 feet deep and, say, 20 feet tall from the Pacific Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico. His idea was that that would be a substantial, pretty effective barrier to people immigrating across the land border between the United States and Mexico. And, quite honestly, I pretty much agree that he has a point. I think that were the United States to build a wall 30 feet high and 30 feet deep, made out of solid steel, 8 or 10 inches thick, it would probably be a very substantial deterrent to immigration from Mexico to the United States. Would it stop everyone? I seriously doubt that it would stop everyone, but it would certainly stop most children and families. It would stop most people who were honestly looking for a better life, jobs, a more secure future, a safer environment for themselves and their children. It would be a real barrier to those folks, and they would, as the president pointed out, be much more reluctant to migrate from Central America to the United States, knowing that the likelihood of being able to get in illegally was someplace between slim and none. Would it stop the criminals? Would it stop drug traffickers? Would it stop the thugs and hooligans that the president is so concerned about? I imagine it would at least slow them down, although stopping them, I think, might be pretty much of a pipe dream. I doubt if it would really accomplish that. But I have to quite frankly admit that it would, for the most part, serve its intended purpose. That brings us kind of to the second level of this discussion, is whether or not money is appropriated to build this wall or a more substantial fence or some other type of continuous barrier across the border? Is that a discussion that should be put in the same context of closing down the government? Actually, it's only closing down a portion of the government, but nonetheless, it seems to be affecting 
about 800,000 federal employees. It's also preventing those employees from providing the services that many people and organizations have come to expect. For example, it's apparently pretty iffy trying to visit a national park. It's questionable how the income taxes will be collected. The every 10-year census is coming up pretty soon, and the planning for that is probably going to be significantly slowed down. I think the fact of the case is that I'm like most of us. I don't know what most of the things are that the federal government does, but if it takes 800,000 people to do it, it must be in there someplace are things that are pretty significant that make a real difference. So, is closing down the government a fair trade-off for hanging tough about building the wall? Well, obviously the president thinks so. Obviously many of his conservative supporters think so. And at this point in time, obviously Mitch McConnell thinks so. That is the most curious issue in the whole thing for me. Mitch McConnell, who is in charge of what gets done and what doesn't get done in the Senate, indicates that he won't pursue anything that the president doesn't give prior approval for. So, he is a U.S. senator. He was elected to represent his constituency. He's in a position where he represents all of us And what he is saying is that unless the president approves in advance, he's not going to do anything to do with building a wall or putting the government back to work or moving on with taking care of business. I just think that is really odd. It's a really strange kind of thing. You know, we're supposed to have the executive branch the judicial branch, and the legislative branch. And there is nothing that says that the legislative branch has to agree with the president. The legislative branch is, I thought, supposed to make laws and pursue their business independently. They are supposed to pass laws that they think are right and correct, that they think are in the public interest, that they think best serves our national security, and the president then has the option of agreeing or vetoing. And even if the president vetoes, if the Senate feels strongly enough about it, they can override the veto. So, in terms of legislation, in terms of funding, in terms of being sure that the government is in business and pursuing the things it needs to pursue, The legislature, and the Senate in particular, is in the power position. So why Mitch McConnell would become President Trump's errand boy, I don't know. I just don't get it. I certainly don't get it. I don't hear him standing up saying, we ought to have a wall. I think we need a wall. We need that wall that runs 2,000 miles. Maybe he even could say, we need a wall that's 30 feet tall and made out of solid steel and eight or ten inches thick and dips 30 feet into the ground to keep people from easily tunneling under it. You know, I don't know how he would describe his interest in building the wall, but either he's 
in favor of it or he's not. Whether the president will sign off on the legislation is a very secondary question. I think maybe we should start calling him Mitch the Witch or Mitch the Wimp. I'm not saying that building a wall is a good idea or a bad idea. Personally, I think it's a bad idea, so I guess I am saying that. But nonetheless, why Mitch McConnell won't stand up and be a senator instead of being the servant of the president simply is beyond me. So, I told you that we were going to talk about whatever I had in mind, and that's what I had in mind today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.
music by Kevin McLeod.